Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Spotlight Star Wars, episode 101, The First Order Reigns. Going to be taking a look at the First Order. The state of the First Order. What will the galaxy be like with the First Order in charge? And are they too reliant on super weapons? Plus, we have an interview with 
Alex and Steve from Black Series Rebels, a fan memory and a special in memoriam from the bottom of my heart today. Thanks for the response to the 100th episode of Spotlight Star Wars. Really do appreciate it here. For Center Man, Joseph and Jennifer and I, I never like to speak on their behalf, but we are having a lot of fun. March, again, was our highest download month. We are happy to talk Star Wars with you guys. Do it with the Force Center way. You know how it is. Uh, we speculate responsibly. You can get that T-shirt. Have you got that T-shirt yet? Do you want to speculate responsibly? You can go on TeePublic, tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Get some of our new T-shirts. Have the this is uh, this T-shirt is Canon baseball tee. Wore that on a SJU on Screen Junkies the other day. And we got the speculate responsibly T-shirts. The officially uh, it's the official favorite Star Wars T-shirt of our good friend Alex at Star Wars Explain. Check it out if you want. But I wanted to talk about the First Order today, and this was inspired. By an old school tweet. That's right. You can still use the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. Not doing as much direct fan questions from that hashtag because we like to push a lot of those to force center, to the main show, the big show, the supremacy of our First Order fleet because um, I think it's valuable to have Joseph, Jennifer, and myself kind of wrap our heads around some of the bigger questions. But that said, if you have something specific for me, here at Spotlight Star Wars, or even more importantly, a thought starter, a conversation topic that you maybe uh, want to put in my head. Use that uh, hashtag Spotlight Star Wars on Twitter. You can follow me at Ken Napsuck at Force Center Pod. And this one, it's weird. It's a direct, specific question, but it spurned uh, my uh, spurned a lot of different thoughts in my head about the First Order. And it comes from Adam Nowakowski. At Doom underscore Metal underscore Guy. Doom Metal Guy. He's been a contributor here for a while. Hey, Adam, appreciate it. And he says this. Do you think we'll see Snoke's Mega Star Destroyer, the Supremacy, in Episode Nine? I mean, it didn't get blown up, just cut in half. The bridge seemed okay. Maybe the First Order was able to salvage part of the ship. And that is a great question, just a specific question about the Supremacy. I actually think we could see it. Episode 9 will uh, take the First Order forward, we think, a couple years from the events of The uh, Last Jedi, of course. We don't know that for sure. We we could assume that maybe they've kept the story so close uh, with 7 and 8, which I do enjoy, but I do want some time. I like to see some growth, some time for the story to kind of unfold into other mediums, books, comics, whatever. So 8 and 9. I want a time jump. Hashtag Episode 9 time jump. I don't know. Don't use that. I don't know. So, Adam's question directly. Do I think the supremacy will be in Episode 9? I think we have a better chance of seeing the supremacy rebuilt and improved. Supremacy 2.0. It's like a Robotech where the SDF-1 suddenly became the SDF-3, right? Uh, I, I, I think that could happen. But there is this idea of, hey, we had Starkiller Base. The supremacy is something else happening is something else brewing do they have something else they were out in the unknown regions for so long they were building all this stuff including star killer base i liked in the last jedi novel that finn kind of felt bad finn felt bad a little bit because when everyone saw the supremacy come out of light speed come out of hyperspace there 
And they had this big kind of ga- oh, gasp. Finn's like, oh, yeah, it's, uh, I guess I should have told them about that ship at some point. I was so caught up with Starkiller Base and saving Ray. Forgot to let them know that was out there, too, which is a nice uh, in-canon explanation why uh, everyone was kind of caught off guard by them. Have we destroyed Starkiller Base? And they have this. I love the idea of the supremacy. I love that Snoke said, no, we're not setting up on one planet. Hawks, you can have your Starkiller base. It's more of a weapon than a headquarters. Supremacy is our, our RV. We're taking it around the country. Uh, going into truck stops and camping grounds, we got our own headquarters. We can build, we can train, we can do it all there. I really enjoy that. And I know we got the finalizer. We got some of the other big First Order Star Destroyers. We got the Dreadnoughts. Uh, we got all that kind of stuff. But I love the supremacy. I love the idea behind it. So maybe that's why I'm, I'm coloring my answer with this idea of, uh, yeah, yeah, it was just kind of cut in half. And the bridge seemed to be intact. It seemed to be going. Uh, you know, um, we were able to launch a strike force down the crate. It took some damage, as foretold by Leia when she force walked back into the Radis and cut through the hologram of the supremacy. Love that little Easter egg there. So save the supremacy. Save Ferris. Save the supremacy. But... That got me thinking about the First Order. So, Adam, I want to answer your question directly. Do I think we'll see it? I'm putting it at 70%. But J.J. and his team, they might have some fun of what else can we design beyond that. And then we will figure out how a little bit more how the First Order works. But all this got me thinking about the First Order and what the First Order will be going into Episode 9. This is why I'm all for a time jump. I want to see the First Order reign. I want to see them continue what the crawl of episode eight says they're doing, seizing military control of the galaxy. We know that at the end of seven, Hosnian Prime and the Hosnian system, the seat of the New Republic's power at the time was gone, along with what was their fleet, I guess we could say, uh, what their military was or how powerful it really was or what the intentions of the New Republic military uh, were unclear. We know Poe was a part of it until Leia recruited him into the Resistance. The Resistance was certainly separate, a private force. We know that. The story of the Resistance, another time. I will say this. When Force Awakens, uh, this is outside of the story, outside of the Star Wars nerd bubble. When the Force Awakens finally hit TV to spots the promotion material. We we knew that there was going to be an empire-like faction. I think if you'd seen any of the uh, not that not leaks but material coming out, we kind of got a sense. We're gonna have some Tie Fighters. We're gonna have some Stormtroopers. And I got it. This is a soft reboot in a way. I can get behind behind that idea. We're introducing Star Wars to a new generation. So let's have X wings. Let's have Tie Fighters. Let's have things we're familiar with. Right? Makes sense. But I was dubious at first. I will, I will say that. I looked at what the First Order appeared to be in the early teasers and the trailers and all that nice stuff, which are great. The Force Awakens promotions uh, were really good. Chewie, we're home. Tears, great. But I, uh, I did kind of look at the First Order and think, all right, I get it. It's a bad guy we'll f- we're familiar with. But it's it, it just Empire 2.0. It seems... Seems not that it's uncreative, but predictable. Something we've seen before, but we don't want to go too different, as Episode 8 taught us. I looked at it with a little uh, one-eye kind of squinted clothes. One eyebrow raised. Okay, let me hear it out. 
And as the first order and the story of the first order has rolled out in front of us, I will say this. I am all on board the first order. I'm not a fan of them uh, in the way I am the Empire, which is weird to root for the bad guys. But I do, as even people like Pablo Hidalgo say, the bad guys have the cooler toys. It's kind of I'm, I'm a Cobra fan when it comes to G.I. Joe. I think only in Robotech am I a fan of the, quote, good guys over the Zentradi or the Invid. The Invid are cool, too. So I went from being dubious about the First Order to liking them and the, the story behind them as their history has been rolled out in, in pieces. It really it has. Force Awakens didn't give you the big picture of the galaxy. It's one of the complaints I do have of the movie. And even The Last Jedi, though I love The Last Jedi, you can at me all you want. I do, do, do still think the state of the galaxy is better told in the supper, supplemental material. Maybe episode nine will fix that. Maybe it won't. Maybe they just feel it is for the, quote, general public, and we're not going to bog them down with all the details. Uh, the prequels definitely gave you all the details, and, well, society, fandom, definitely had an opinion about that. But as the story of the First Order, the history of the First Order has been kind of doled out in wonderful little juicy pieces, I will say I really like them and I really like what they've done with this story. The first thing you have to realize about the First Order is that it is part of the Emperor's vision. Good old Sheev Palpatine did foresee this kind of thing. It was his contingency plan. I do suggest reading the Aftermath Trilogy by Chuck Wendig if you, if you haven't. I think it gives you a good picture of the galaxy post the fall of the Emperor, but not necessarily the fall of the Empire. And there's a good 18 months or so of that story. And it ends with you uh, seeing the First Order being born. Spoiler alert, hey, by this point, you should kind of be familiar with some of these stories if you're in the Star Wars nerd bubble with me. This is part of the Emperor's plan. When the king is taken out... The chess game ends. You do not go on with it. The emperor, not maybe directly foresaw, he saw a lot of potential paths, and he planned for a lot of potential outcomes. This was perhaps one of the biggest. Gallius Rax was part of that. Rax is a good character. I think Windig does a great job with him, but not my favorite character. I think Ray Sloan. Which first appeared in New Dawn, featured heavily in Aftermath and some other Star Wars material we saw in uh, one of the comics. I think Ray Sloan is a great character. And it is her saying that the ashes of this empire, will we're going to rebuild. That's our first order. That's where they get their name. So the story spills out in front of us. And even Battlefront 2 with uh, Versio, Garrick Versio, uh, Gideon, uh, uh, not Gideon, um, well, Gideon has to, but Iden Versio's father, he does not want to follow Rax and Sloan. Uh, he is going to go down with the ship and thus the Empire. But a lot of Imperials, though unselected for the rocket ship not going to the sun, did regroup in those unknown regions, and they rebuilt the Empire in a new version, a new form, with the idea to make it better. And that's one of the things I love. That is one of the things I can get behind. Abrams did say this was uh, a, lot of, a lot of his ideas behind it are looking at, say, neo-Nazis now and uh, trying to rebuild the Third Reich. And, and as horrible as that, that might seem, that's, I don't want to say inspiration, but that's kind of the, where they're looking at. 
You know, there's this kind of evil will continue. This kind of evil will still be out there. And this idea that they want to do it better, that they look at what came before, not just as inspiration from its successes, but inspirations from its failure. The First Order looks at the Empire, even Palpatine, and says they failed here, 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 and here. They had two Death Stars. The first one, second one a little bit bigger. We didn't get to see it at its might, but the weaponry changed. Um, You could fire it quicker. Good, but it was destroyed too. We're going to go bigger. We saw them set up on Coruscant. Made sense. Palpatine wanted a home base, a home world. Snoke comes along. Nah, we're going to be mobile. We're going to have a big old space RV, and we're going to take this around the galaxy. So I like all of that. I like that the First Order is, no, no, if some of that stuff was good, we like the look of the TIE Fighters. We're not going to use them in the same way. We're going to train our troops different. They're going to shoot better. That's acknowledged in canon. That stormtroopers didn't have the best training. A lot of them rushed into service. Uh, They weren't the clones. We know that. Love Charles Soule's Vader comic with the clones still around with Vader and Tarkin and the Emperor as they really start to build the Empire at that point. So the First Order is looking to improve. And they have this collection of leaders. Snoke talks about it in the Last Jedi novel. And, of course, Rax, Ray Sloan. We don't know the outcome of the power struggle. We don't know what happens to Ray Sloan. And I love that. I hope that answer comes. Will it come in, like, in Episode Nine? I'm not holding my breath. Connected canon, grumble, grumble, grumble. I'm fine if she's not in nine, but I do want a story. And then does Thrawn get involved? Does he and Ezra out there in Purgletown, do they somehow get involved in the First Order? Uh, it made some sense at one point. In the Aftermath novel, I mean, Thrawn's mentioned. Uh, you, you talk about these uh, the roots, the hyperspace roots into the unknown regions. Uh, his information was valuable, which is one of the things he kind of traded with the Emperor for uh, letting him uh, serve in the Empire. I'll give you some information that's valuable. And the Emperor Palpatine, he was already focused on some kind of source of evil out in the unknown regions, which I, I still do believe to be Snoke. And though I love that Snoke is dead, and I love that we have yet to get Snoke's full story, the reason I say I love we haven't got it is eh, that's not bog it down. I am on board with the idea that, hey, we, we learn more about Palpatine later. We all can... Rest assured, we're going to get more on Snoke. I'm pretty sure that's going to come. And in it, a more detailed account of what went on out in those unknown regions and how did the First Order begin. Snoke talks about the horrors, the terrors, the trials and tribulations of trying to set up shop in the unknown regions. And that the First Order, well, the Empire, uh, the Imperial officers that came before the First Order were trying to build the First Order were not prepared for the unknown regions. Enter Snoke, he being his own sort of phantom phantom menace. I love all of that. I love what is out there and that they couldn't just set up shop, take about five years and come on back. Something went wrong out there. There was something that happened. Yet at the same time, they had to take their time. They were patient. Which leads us to the end of episode eight. I am of the school of thought that I am glad Snoke is dead. Because it unchains Kylo. I am a fan of Kylo Unchained. I love seeing him in control. It is Vader without the Emperor. It is Vader deciding to go bad. Maybe kill his own son if he doesn't want to rule with me, but also kill my master and do this all myself. 
That is something kind of different to me. Whether or not Kylo ends up redeemed, I don't know. We'll figure that out. I am still in the mindset that I don't want to see Kylo redeemed. And even if it is a redemption, I want him to be in death. All of Vader. Yeah, that's all right. Star Wars is poetry at times. We can accept that. At least I can. But I love going into nine that the First Order has a new leader. He is Kylo Ren. And he is all by himself. And every whim, every surge of anger, every thirst for violence, it's his to have. No one is there to stop him. Except for General Hux. The end of episode eight, of course, Hux has a chance to uh, kill Kylo. He doesn't, smartly. But through the use of humor, and Joseph Scrimshaw talks about this uh, wonderfully on our Star Wars ranked episode about the funniest moments in Star Wars. He loves that moment with Hux in the uh, shuttle as they're firing on uh, Luke Skywalker. Do you think you got him? He now finds himself not on equal footing with Kylo, but he sees where Kylo's weaknesses are. He sees that Kylo is motivated by anger and vengeance and tapping fully into that side and that path towards a darker side. So Hux still has aspirations. Hux wants to be the one in charge. But what I love about Hux in episode eight is it improves the character from episode seven. In seven, he is one-dimensional. He is angry. He is the uh, dictator speech guy. This base on which we stand. It's not one of my favorite parts of The Force Awakens. I grew to like it because there's a lot of exposition in there that is interesting, and I like Donald Gleason a lot. But Hux just kind of was a big big meanie in episode seven. Now in eight, there's a little wrinkle. The humor in the movie tears Hux down a bit. Yes, That was Ryan Johnson's point. It was a comment on evil, just in general, in society, based on fear. Hux is based on fear. Hux is driven by fear. So was Snoke. So was Kylo. But Hux is interesting because he does bring something to the team. Snoke himself says that. Tied on the string indeed, General. Hux was the driving force behind Starkiller Base. The training, Project Resurrection, the First Order is very much the uh, dream of Armitage Hux. Not necessarily the vision, but definitely, I'm sure at some point, he scribbled down some notes of what he wants. His father, of course, was Brendel Hux, who had a lot to do with the training of the Imperials, which might also be a comment on the bad stormtroopers out there. Brendel Hux did not have a ton of respect, described as kind of slobby. I loved him in the Phasma novel because he's powerful. He's in control, but probably not capable. The Empire was destroyed, and with it, a lot of their top leaders. Where's General Veers? Unless he's Snoke, of course. Admiral Piet. Admiral Alzel, though he was killed by Vader himself, had some skills. Moff Jer Gerard. Tarkin, of course. Ularin. Krennic. Tag. Moti, the great leaders of the empire, the ones that uh, kept the empire going for 20 years. Short reign, but a memorable one. They're gone. And it's people like Brendel Hux, second, third, fourth tier imperial officer types that are now leading. And it's the young imperial officers who have grown up and stuck with the First Order, went out, were on that spaceship, not to the sun, out to the unknown regions like Kennedy, Peavy, Yago. Uh, Those are the type 
that are now in charge of the First Order. Now, Kennedy, I think, is very capable. So is Peavy, so is Yaga. The Last Jedi novel uh, gives a even more detailed picture of the First Order in its current state. Hux has a clear path to power other than Kylo, but as we can see at the end of 8, Kylo has his blind spots. Hux Armitage can say, Kylo, you go sit on that throne. I'll be your hand to the king. I'll run the galaxy. If you are familiar with the story of Song of Ice and Fire, Tywin Lannister was the one in charge while other kings sat on the throne. Kylo can sit on that throne. He can pound his fist in anger. He can take out all the lightsabers he wants. He can chase this girl around the galaxy. He can try to erase the image and memory of his former master and his father and maybe eventually his mother. But Hux, well, he's got the spreadsheets. He knows payroll. He's going to run this galaxy. He has more of a clear path, which goes back to the original question. Hux likes his super weapons. We got miniaturized Death Star tech down on crate. We got the supremacy. Starkiller base, we obviously know. All right, that didn't work out. But you get the sense that Hux would want to do it again and do it bigger. So there could be another super weapon a new one in episode nine. It would make sense if it's Hux. Hux, Armitage Hux, has a clear path. Brendel Hux is gone. Phasma, potentially gone. And even then, she's more on Hux's side, though she's a lone wolf at times. Moden Kennedy's gone. He didn't have, you know, he didn't have a path to leadership, but he was in charge of a dreadnought. He was a former, former Imperial. And then there's PV. PV you see on the uh, deck of the finalizer. Yago was in charge of the supremacy until Hux and PV came over. And going back to what I was saying about the novel, The Last Jedi gives you the best insight into what's going on. People like Kennedy, PV, Yago look down on Armitage Hux. They know his rank was higher, but they were just waiting, knowing that he thinks he can lead. He thinks he can rule, but we're just going to wait until he's exposed which tells me they had some aspirations of power themselves. Whether or not they wanted to lead and maybe install someone else in power, like a Varys. I'll try to not always compare Game of Thrones and Star Wars. It's hard for me. They're gone. PV potentially gone. He might be alive. Yago might be alive, but uh, they're a little cut out of the legs right now with the fleet in disarray. Cardinal from the Phasma novel, we don't quite know what happened to him, but I don't believe he's part of the First Order. Gideon Hask from Battlefront 2, former Inferno Squadron member. Not in there anymore, not out of the picture. Tarex from the comics and a lot of other First Order officers. We don't see them factoring in. That's both in-story and out-of-story. I don't think you're going to see someone, uh, a First Order character from the comics from the Poe Dameron comic per se, uh, be a factor in the story. And I know, you, again, that might make some people grumpy, but it's all right. Um, Hux has a clear path. What will he do with it? Will it be all about a big weapon? Will it be about asserting control? Cardinal is an interesting character if you go to him. He was a, a rival of Phasma. When you hear him talk about the First Order, it makes sense. You don't agree with it because you know he's part of an evil organization. And there's others above him, much like, say, the Empire. Uh, Empire in the earlier days when you have old Sheev Palpatine. I uh, got safe and secure society, but he's doing dark things behind the walls there, behind the curtains. 
Cardinals, one of those guys that believes, no, we're bringing order. It's what we do. It's in our name. It's in our branding. We're bringing order to a galaxy that is full of political unrest. You have the centrists and the populists fighting each other in the first uh, in the New Republic. You have, uh, you know, uh, this Jedi guy. He's this legendary hero. He's gone. He's not here to protect anybody. Uh, you, you have, uh, you know, the military, the New Republic. They're not prepared to protect anything. There's problems out in the unknown regions. First Order is here to protect. So I don't think Cardinal's around because that's not Hux's view. It's an interesting vision of the First Order, though, that it was maybe intended for good. And Ray Sloan is interesting because she goes through some changes from when you first see her and uh, read about her in New Dawn where she's a captain working with Count Vidian to being a key person in the rebuilding of the Empire and the creation of the First Order. I don't know if she would have stayed evil. I don't know if she ever was evil. It's like Sienna Ray in Lost Stars. It's Bodhi Rook in Rogue One. It's just a job. Now, just a job means you might be a part of some bad things if you don't take a stand against that, a la Finn and Force Awakens. You could be part of the problem. So I'm not saying Ray Sloan's going resistance. I'm not saying she's the reinforcements showing up to save Leia. No, no, no. But at the end of the day, she is gone. So it's the first order about what Cardinal and maybe Ray Sloan believed. We're going to take control of the government. Uh, we're going to ta- replace the new republic. It's the first order republic. Don't worry, citizens. It's going to be okay. Yes, we do have some kind of crazy guy dressed in black. Got himself a light sword, laser sword. Don't worry about him. We're not going to destroy any more planets. We're going to run. We're going to run the galaxy. There is a part of Palpatine that did want to just control the galaxy. Then there's the other part of him that is Sith to the core. And he was going around the galaxy trying to learn more about that and more about maybe immortality and ruling the universe as opposed to just running the galaxy. I don't know if Kylo Ren has those aspirations, which is why I love Kylo. He is unchained. He is one of the best villains in sci-fi, fantasy, and definitely Star Wars. He is very much like Vader. He is very much a Vader fanboy, but now that has changed. He's taken off the mask. I love that in The Last Jedi, Snoke says, take off the ridiculous mask. He says that in the moment. But it is Kylo Ren that chooses to make that permanent. I don't think Snoke was saying, take off your stupid mask, throw it away. I think just in that moment, he's making the point, the truth. Are you really my number two? Are you really my top apprentice? Are you really here to conquer, to go deeper into the dark side? Or do you just want to wear a cool cape and a cool mask and have a cool lightsaber that you built yourself because you think you're like Vader and you're continuing some legacy of Vader? And what does Kylo Ren think that legacy is? When he says, Grandfather, give me the strength and I'll, I'll finish what you start. That's a key moment from Force Awakens that I don't know uh, if we've got the full answer yet. What was Kylo's beliefs in that moment? What Vader was he praying to? The big menacing dark Lord of the Sith or the one that threw Palpatine over the uh, little cheap Imperial banister there? Maybe... 
Kylo Ren did in his mind by killing Snoke complete what Vader started or take a step in that direction. Maybe Kylo Ren wonders what would have happened if Vader killed Palpatine, took Luke or killed Luke, give or take, doesn't matter, and ruled the galaxy the way he wanted. Maybe that's what Kylo Ren want to do is there a misunderstanding of Anakin Vader I think there still might be which could play a a big part in the path of Kylo going forward but he's the number one he's in charge he's the new supreme leader but his vision is unclear and I love it it could be chaos in the galaxy but again I think someone like Hux is going to be there with excel sheets spreadsheets payroll administrative skills let's try to run the galaxy but Armitage might be incapable. Which leads us back to episode nine. And what kind of first order will we see? What kind of first order will we get to enjoy? One with an iron fist grip on the galaxy? One that has quickly come on in, taken military control, and taken charge? Or will the galaxy be aflame? There has to be some sort of in-charge kind of atmosphere for the resistance to grow into the rebellion. Otherwise, what's there to rebel against? It has to be clear. The coming out party of the First Order was Starkiller Base. Now they've made it even more clear. They're going around the galaxy, taking charge, taking control, and they have almost snuffed out the resistance but a small band is still going. And the legend of Luke Skywalker is still providing hope. The leadership of Leia has provided hope and now rests in the hands of new leaders. What will they be fighting? Who will they be fighting? So is there going to be a bigger super weapon in Episode Nine? Could be. Could be. But to me... The super weapon I want to see the resistance have to fight is a fully functional, in control, but ready to be toppled, first order. We'll see what happens in episode nine. If you got some thoughts on the first order, let me know. Use the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. Let's talk about it. Let's dive in to the first order and their possible reign. What will be we be seeing in episode nine? All right, let's go to some very special guests right here on Spotlight Star Wars. Got some guests this week on Spotlight Star Wars for a little interview segment. I, I like this new format. I'm, I'm talking to myself right now. I'm like, hey, Ken, good job on the format. No, that's good. But it allows me to bring in different voices and different people onto the show and talk Star Wars. And we got Alex Backus, Steve Ellis from Black Series Rebels. They've been on Star Wars Ranked before, but you guys should probably be, if you're not already, catching their YouTube series, Black Series Rebels. It's great fun. I hope to be back on soon. Steve, Alex, welcome. What's going on, guys? What's happening, Ken? Yeah, a lot in the Star Wars world. And let's focus on some good stuff. Because of you guys, I will say, uh, me and Joseph from Force Center got to represent us, uh, our podcast, at the Denny's event. Thanks for the uh, uh, getting us hooked up with the PR team there. We appreciate we that. We roll deep with Denny's. We roll real deep, deep with pancakes. Denny's squad. You need pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> Get up the Black Series um, Rebels. That was a lot of fun. And... 
the big reveal there was the greatest Star Wars name of all time, mm-hmm. Therm Scissor Punch. And, and we <laughs> talked about it on the Force Center main show this week, but I want to I talk with you guys about this uh, phenomenon of Therm Scissor Punch. Where are you guys at with this? This is <laughs> the greatest name in the history of Star Wars. And I was just, because I was ranting on Twitter, which is what That's we all the place do. For it, That's yeah. where we do this. And I kept talking about how I hate Star Wars names that are like, if it's a bad guy, yeah. like the name will be like Darth Payne or like, <laughs> or like, you know, a good guy whose yeah. name is like Holy Worthy or something. But Therm Scissor Punch is straight up like he's got claws. Yeah. Those are like scissors and he punches with them. Perfect Star Wars name. <laughs> it is 80s He-Man and Star Wars rolled and rolled. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Joff Striker is the, the other recent Star Wars name from Bloodlines that I really liked. That's but a great one. That's a good one there. But Therm, Steve, Therm. <laughs> it's just cracking me up because I've got two thoughts on this. Yeah. First thought is I don't mind the name at all. Yeah. However, everybody going out there and losing their minds about Last Jedi since it came out. <laughs> Have are like feel. totally on board. Oh, yes. like, it's punch. not a problem with the scissor punch, but you know, it's the, God I, forbid, you know, that that's one angle that I'm cracking up. The yeah. other one is, is that I'm like going, you know, all the names from the first one. Kenner, yeah. need, Kenner just named a ton of these. Right. Things right. There were some because they, they, they made out, toys yeah. and they didn't have a name in the script, but they needed to name it. I think that lawyer from Kenner named three of them. And <laughs> I got to tell you, I don't know if this is like a holdover from a figure that was never released that like, it's, We're using it. It's so perfect to me because it is reminiscent of not just the Kenner figures, uh, Walrus Man, all that mm-hmm. kind of good stuff that we grew up with, but also that design, the cantina, Scissor Punch, belongs in the cantina. Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if we have an issue with force projection, right. we... <laughs> No. Maybe Therm Scissor Punch is a good place to like set the standard for which we care about stuff. It's like, are we? Do we feel Therm Scissor Punch about that? Like where? <laughs> uh, like instead of over under, it's like, what's the Therm Scissor Punch? Yeah. Is it above fifty percent above Therm Scissor <laughs> Punch? That's, that's a good spot. And then throw in that commercial for Denny's. Uh, the, the, he's he's chowing down on noodles. Yeah. squealed like a little kid. Where, was, when where were those noodles on the menu? Right. I went. I went to. Uh, Could have just thrown some popping strawberry yeah, candy pop, on some nudes. Uh, uh, that's why he's good. munching them up, dude. It's got pop rocks <laughs> yeah. and citrus syrup. I went to a Denny's when I was visiting my hometown this past week. Blaster Fire Burger. Almost had it. Was uh, just couldn't <laughs> couldn't pull the trigger because I had eaten dinner earlier. So I thought. But I, this is how much I love Star Wars. I, was, I had eaten dinner and I met some of my friends out for a late night dessert and coffee. And I'm thinking, do I just get the Blaster Fire Burger because I'm a fan? <laughs> do I go for it? On top of what I had for dinner? I don't know, bud. Listen, (laughs) we roll deep with Denny's, so we would never discourage anyone from getting a Blaster Fire Burger. No. However, the Cosmic Loaded Cheddar Tater Tots or whatever, I think they're called Uh, Galactic Tots. Galactic Tots? That's like, um, there's a a restaurant in uh, Copenhagen called Noma, which does a lot of edible flowers and moss and... Beautiful flavors. I know Steve's Good been on your show moms. to talk yeah. about cooking, cooking yeah, at yeah. home. Uh, those are the creme de la creme <laughs> of promotional Star Wars food items. Did, did you guys see did, Jermaine's article? I haven't. Breaking yet. it all down. And he went back to Denny's and ordered and tried every single did thing. And the pic, the picture of the, the, the tots that you guys are talking about. Yeah. <laughs> they look like kidneys. Oh no, they, they look like kidneys, but like they over fried them. <laughs> Oh, and no. they look like the the uh, quite yeah. frankly they look quite like the the mic the mic the mic sock the mic sock. 
Uh, well, we you remarked that Jermaine was here from I yeah. and I now, former Slash Film. He was sitting in front of us, and he was taking notes. Oh, like a real He's journalist. Like a real journalist. Real journalist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that would be... That he looked he, like he was ready to break open the water gate of Denny's. <laughs> yeah. He like he like did the George Plimpton novel style where he like played for the Lions for a oh, season. Yeah. Like he went and cooked, oh, yeah. I cooked at Denny's to try to figure out how to make a Blast like, Fire burger. <laughs> the White House press pool. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Except it was an organist playing Star Wars and Dream was like... And Star it. Trek music. He and, gently yeah. played the Star Trek theme surrounded by an art deco ambiance of the El Capitan. And, and, and Star three, Wars is poetry. Three of us are like, uh, when, when are we getting them pancakes? <laughs> we gonna get them pancakes soon? The best was the collective relief yeah. from the nerds, the hungry nerds in the audience when they were like, and you get pancakes. <laughs> and you just, it was like revealing the new iPhone to hungry yeah. nerds. Everyone's like, oh, thank God. I was worried they weren't going to give us Denny's at this Denny's <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But hey, it was fun. Star was Wars rad. is supposed to be fun. Han Solo, Solo, Star Wars Star, I think it's going to be fun. And you guys, speaking of fun, you guys had a lot of fun recently. You guys had your first ever live event at a shop called Quest, right? Downtown mm-hmm. LA. And it was a lot of fun. I unfortunately could not make it that day. And I send my sincere apologies again to you publicly. <laughs> That's okay. Just didn't work out. But we, uh, we know that, this, uh, that you're going to do a video. It's, gonna, it's on your channel right now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. How was that? Now. How was that? Well, yeah. So we're we are recording this on uh, this is a, this is a, this is a late Thursday night, but a late Thursday but, night. But this is released Sunday morning. So Sunday morning. Yeah. So it'll actually yeah. be coming out tonight yeah. at six p.m. Yes. So at six p.m. because you know it's like a special. It's like an episode of Game of Thrones, right? When you live on the West Coast, but it's the East Coast. Like <laughs> we really want to get get pe- get Boxers people around the the camp campfire waiting for the big yeah. <laughs> the big premiere of our show. Uh, we were approached by a shop called Quest, which is a yeah. rad sort of local comic shop in Los right. Angeles. Support they, your comic shops, exactly. Kids. Support those local small businesses. Just because Black Panther <laughs> killed the box office does not mean your local comic shop is making money. It's, it's making true. a lot of money, yeah. And they um, yeah. they wanted to do some pin stuff with us, but we were sort of like, yeah, you know, may- maybe we could do that. But they were really insistent, and they mm. came up with this idea of us doing our show live in store and. When Steve and I do something, we we try not to just do it for the sake of doing it. Right. We wanted to make it something special. You punch it, Chewy. Yeah, we really do. It. Like we yeah. set coordinates for killing it, and we we punch it, and we we kind of wanted to embody sort of like um, this is like big picture stuff, but sort right. of a comedy special. Sure, like what you might see from some some folks that are putting together like sort of sort of like a. Like what you might see at the beginning of a show about a stand-up comic where like you oh, see yeah. the audience, you see the laughing, you f- yeah. you feel the environment, the energy of what it's like to be at something like that. And Shop Called Crest, Quest really has this great energy. Mm. Like it has this – I kept making fun of all the reclaimed wood. It's got so much reclaimed wood. <laughs> so and, much wood. Any, any place with that much reclaimed wood looks great on camera. Yes. So we, we were able to get sort of a, a bunch of guests to come out. It ended up being a, a – stacked house which we yeah. were very surprised by yeah and we just had a lot of fun we do what we do on our normal show but we made it more of an event and hey. it was great man we were stoked yeah you know the, one of the things we try to do with our show in yeah. particular and with the live show is is sort of a fun let, we all like let's celebrate star wars yeah but let's also not be afraid to laugh at it and in a, in a from it's a very pla- in a warm place of love mm-hmm. with it and like let's have fun and like Let's not like. How can we do this differently from, say, your standard sort of uh, folding table 
panel at San right, Diego right. Comic Con, and we all come up and we really take a deep, sweaty dive into Star Wars. And how can we really make break it up into segments with guests and games mm. and giveaways and almost like in a weird way? Granted, we didn't have any singing or anything, but almost like a, a comedy variety show mm. centered all around Star Wars. I bet Anthony Daniels would really enjoy that. Oh yeah, <laughs> sure. we'll have him come read like come the Great Gatsby as three PO or something. Yes, have him do like Andy Kaufman as yeah. Fitz as C three PO. Like, could you imagine him doing Mighty Mouse, dude? But his yeah. arms don't lift. It's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it was um, it was really great too, just to sort of see all the different types of Star Wars yeah. fans that came yeah, out to the yeah. show. Talk I mean, about that. it sounds silly, but. When you're recording in a little closet in Chatsworth or recording in a studio space like this... This is not much bigger than a closet in Chatsworth, yeah, no, but you, yeah. But you, you forget that there are eyeballs watching yeah. this. There are people clicking that like button. Yeah. There, are, there, there is a face behind that subscriber. And to, to sit in that audience and see kids at the age of eight and adults at the age of 50 that all love this thing, it's a, it's a really a great reminder that Star Wars is generational. And a lot of people have different things that they love about it, but everybody recognizes one thing and that's that it should be fun. Mm. And it becomes very easy for us to get very cynical and serious sure. about something, especially like when you spend all day talking about it. Right, you, right, it, right. It's very easy to focus on the negative, but I mean, we, bu- we busted out these huge Sio Bibble heads. We, Three, we oh, got that's great. Three foot Sio Bibs. Sio Bibs <laughs> heads. And we were playing a game called what would Sio Bibble do? I mean, what would Sio Bibble say? That was the whole bit, right? And it yeah. was always the answer is always you'll see. I don't want to ruin it. Yeah, but, I was gonna say don't yeah. don't don't don't, uh, don't spoil it. Don't, don't put the tater tots before the dessert here. We also had a <laughs> very special guest. We had yeah. George Lucas there with us. Oh well, George is he likes coming out. He had some Star free Wars. time, he so he's like he's like our Paul Schaefer. He's really down the street working on his museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's exactly what it was. That's we went over like, hey, George. He brought uh, his Padme doll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I'll, I'll come by. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah. Great. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, make, uh, I would have made Ray a Palpatine. But it was definitely an experience where, yeah. um, you know, like you, you, know, you and Force Center and mm-hmm. Joseph and Jennifer, um, the guys over at Star Wars Newsnet, mm-hmm. um, Jason and Amanda with Making Star Wars, Steel, all, everybody, uh, Ash Crossan, mm-hmm. all, these, all, all, right. all of you guys have been really great in welcoming us in mm-hmm. the community and really helping sort of elevate our voice and get the word out there about us. And so thank you very much no for problem. that. And because of that, it was a trip as someone who's performed comedy and mm-hmm. stage plays and the same with Alex. It was a trip to show up at a show where... Normally, you're used to begging your family to, to yeah, sit in the seats, up. and this time around, you don't have a seat for your family. And Good. so it was a really Good. Kick great... Kick your family out. It was, a, <laughs> <laughs> it was a really like heartwarming moment, I think, for Alex and I, and um, the show just... That, that energy yeah. really made us better and made the show just... It just really transformed over into the show and, and really made it a great experience. Yeah, we well, talk well. a lot about how... I don't think the audience knew what to expect, because we have... Sure, probably thought, oh, let's just some guys are going to talk about Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, they thought, and also too, half of them were there for the pin. Yeah, they wanted the yeah, the, uh, yeah. the proto side. You guys are good it. with the pins. Well, there's yeah. a whole side of our fans that don't really know the show and just know us uh, from like for the pins. The yeah. pins. So they would show up. They got their pin. They sat down and they're like, I don't even know who these guys are <laughs> behind these pins. And we just started joking and having there a good go. time. And you could feel everybody kind of look around and go. 
oh, this is great. Like, I yeah. enjoy this. Yeah, that, was, that was the feeling of Star Wars Celebration. Star yes. Wars does bring that out. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's an excellent point that once you're out there and about and the people are in front of you, you're not worried about the 14-thread tweet you're getting about how the Holdo maneuver doesn't make sense. Yeah. You're just... It joined Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. And that's a good place to be. So this is up on your channel. It's up on our channel. Um, 6 we got p.m. tonight. 6 p.m. Yeah. tonight. We've got great guests. Ash Crossan was there. Uh, Alex Rubens from Community. Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's currently working on the Twilight Zone. Um, we had O Katrina, Katrina Dennis there. Mm-hmm. We interviewed her. We had uh, Kiff Vanderhoeven, right? Yeah, Kiff Vanderhoeven, who's the voice yeah. of Old Han on Forces of Destiny. Uh, yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a Good voice. So, <laughs> I did a great job with that. So it was it was a good time, and we had some really cool conversations and a lot of cool laughs and some cool games, and and George even had some uh, some tricks up his sleeve. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, uh, four center listeners, spotlight Star Wars fans, check it out. Go over to Black Series Rebels on YouTube and say that hey. Spotlight Star Wars sent me here so we can build a stronger Star Wars community. That's what we like doing. Thanks, guys, for coming in. Uh, where, where they can follow you on Twitter? They can check out Black Series Rebels at BLK Series Rebels. I'm at Alex Backus. And I am at Rex Manning. That's M-A-N-N-I-N-G. Absolutely. That's it, guys. Give them a listen. Give them a follow. Go watch that video. Thanks to Steve and Alex for coming on into the Four Center Studios and being part of Spotlight Star Wars. Check out their channel, Black Series Rebels, and that live show. More with them and me and us in the future. Great guys, great show. Now it's time to check in with your memories of Star Wars with listener memories. You can share your memories with us if you are a Patreon supporter. Put a post up there. There's a lot of me for, for me to choose from right now. Uh, I got them a couple weeks ago, so I'm still going through those ones. I'm doing about one. Maybe times there'll be two a show. I want to take my time and give them their due. But you can always pop into Patreon and post your Star Wars memory for me to share. I read what you write here on Spotlight Star Wars. And this one is an uh, interesting one from William Cleary, or is it William Clear? C-L-E-E-R-E. We have a tradition here on Force Center of going out of our way to fail at pronouncing names correctly. Uh, We are educated people, at least Joseph and Jennifer are, but sometimes names can escape us. So William writes, here's his memory. Camping out to get tickets for episode one. These guys dressed as Qui-Gon, a a Qui-Gon cosplay before the movie came out. They had to study those commercials. These guys dressed as Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan gathered around everyone at the stroke of midnight to have us all tell our favorite Star Wars stories. But you could only speak when holding the lightsaber they brought. Just about everyone who held the lightsaber declared this odd midnight gathering was probably going to be their favorite Star Wars memory. William, number one, thanks for sharing. That is a spectacular story. And it speaks to the power of Star Wars and Star Wars community, number one. Let's not even worry about episode one. We are prequelists here. You might not be. You might be on your path to becoming one. Whatever doesn't matter. It's not about episode one. It is about the experience of being a Star Wars fan. That's something that's important to us here at Force Center, and this really highlights it. William's uh, memory is clear. It's his own, but it's shared. I waited for tickets for Phantom Menace in Winnetka, California, at the Winnetka 21 Pacific Theaters there. 
I got off work at 3 a.m. over at the Northridge Mall a block away, and I drove over to the Winnetka Theater, my little Plymouth Colt, beat up Plymouth Colt, and I got out, and there was already a line. And I uh, sat down, didn't have much to eat or drink. Tickets were going to go on sale. I think it was like 9 or 10 in the morning. Just sat down with the fans, got my place in line, stood, sat down on the concrete, stood again, sat on a planter. I was stuck in that spot for a while. I was very fortunate to get near a planter, so I had some seating options. You could lean up against it. Though I am relatively shy when there's not a microphone in front of me, I did chat with my fans, uh, or fellow fans. I didn't have any fans at that point. Um, Chatted with them. We were all excited. We'd all seen the trailers. We all had our theories. We were all speculating very irresponsibly. We had people not as dressed up as much as William experienced, but there was a connected fandom. Everyone was excited. So what William's describing, what, what, what I experienced, and what you out there probably experienced, it speaks to what we do now here on podcasts, what we do at conventions Star Wars Celebrations, which came out of uh, the tail end of the prequels and, and, and very much almost because of the, the prequels, is what we're doing now is what we did then. It's what I did on the playgrounds in the 80s. It's what you did in the late 70s. It's what you will do in the future. It's what you're doing now, even if there's not a microphone in front of you. That is what I think is the important part of broadcasting in the Star Wars community. Yes, you can criticize. Yes, you can dislike the movies or you can pick apart things, but there should always be an air of fun. There should always be an air of passing this on to the next generations and finding what's in the movies for you to love and celebrate. Not pounding your fist on the desk like a sports radio host over bits of news, the theories you thought were going to happen. Have your theories. Speculate responsibly. I have them too, but I go back to this moment that William's sharing. I'm sure there's a lot of people there that night that didn't like The Phantom Menace, that were disappointed once they finally got their tickets. But just like William says, everyone who held the lightsaber declared that this odd midnight gathering is probably going to be their favorite Star Wars memory. I remember about 7 a.m., 8 a.m., my, my roommates at the time, Casey and Joel, showed up, gave me some Gatorade and a donut, and I had some heat exhaustion it's hot in Winneka. The sun had risen, and it was almost like the twin suns of Tatooine burning down on us waiting for tickets. But finally the time came. I persevered. They left, by the way. My friends left. I love, I love Casey and Joel, if you're listening. But I got my tickets. I got about six or seven or eight. And yet we went on sod, and some people were immediately disappointed. Some people took their time. Some people, you know... Always uh, enjoyed the moment, enjoyed Phantom Menace, and enjoyed it from there until now. I had a bit of a, a more of a journey, but it didn't matter because I always look back to that midnight Toys R Us trip to wait for the toys, the 3 a.m. showing up to wait for the tickets for Phantom Menace, and getting the tickets and holding, holding them in my hand and the possibilities of new Star Wars out in front of me. That's why... Even if uh, I look at some of the stuff in Solo and I think I'm excited, but yeah, you know, who knows? Do we need this movie? I don't know. It's a new Star Wars movie and I'm excited. 
I'm excited for episode nine. I'm excited for Ryan Johnson's trilogy, Dan and Dave, the TV show. I'm excited, I always will be excited, at the possibilities of new Star Wars. And I'll always be appreciative of those memories, just like the one William shared. I wish there were photos of that. Maybe there are, William. Maybe there is. Dig it up. Find it. Share them. Do you guys have a episode one line story or experience? Do you have something where, uh, you know, you were getting tickets? Someone dressed up as Qui-Gon. You were seeing the movie for the first time and waiting for that opening show because, you know, didn't have reserved seating back then. Or like me, waiting for the toys at Toys R Us when they first came out. Let us know here at Four Center. Send us a picture. If you're a Patreon supporter, post it in the Discord server. That's right. We do have our Discord server available to Patreon supporters. Go to patreon.com slash four center for more information. I want to hear. I want to see episode one line experiences. Be an interesting walk down memory lane. And now as we begin to close the show, let us go to a very special in memoriam written from the depths of my heart. If you were speeding through the Star Wars galaxy, a quick glance might make you believe that the resistance against the First Order is built around the strength of some venerable heroes. That's certainly not a stretch by any means. General Leia, Admiral Akbar, Amulin Holdo, Larma Dacey, General Emot, and others have been at the front lines of rebellions before. Yet, if you look a little closer, you will plainly see that at the heart of the resistance is the passion of a new generation. Allison Lyncher was a poster child for the youthful purpose and passion of the Resistance. You could call her Tally. Like a certain legend from the wars before, Tally Lyncher grew up on a farm on a planet far, far away called Pipip 3. There she learned to fly an old A-wing starfighter that her father was using for crop dusting his farm. She could have stayed. She could have kept her head down and worked. She could have not gotten involved. However, Tally Lyntra joined the fight. Impressing the leaders of the Resistance with her flight skills, Lyntra soon became a lieutenant and the leader of the historic Blue Squadron. Her actions in both combat and relief missions put her calm, hopeful demeanor on display. She was focused. She was brave. She was the voice many turned to for guidance during the heaviest of action. Her shining moment was protecting the evacuation of Dakar and helping to take down a First Order dreadnought. It would also be her last. A First Order strike led by Kylo Ren took her life and the lives of many heroes of the Resistance. In one moment, the sun set on the life of Tally Lintra. She could have stayed on that farm, but she didn't. From a faraway land to the heart of the galaxy's central conflict, Tally Lintra was the new face of the Resistance. Godspeed, Rebel. We'll see you on the other side. Oh, let's give it up one more time for Talus and Lintra. Sacrifice won't be forgotten, especially by me. I love playing that blue A-wing in Battlefront 2. It's a great ship, great character, one of the little tiny little spices in the Star Wars stew. 
that we love so much. Guys, that is Spotlight Star Wars for this week. I want to thank again my guests Alex Backus and Steve Ellis of Black Series Rebels for coming on in. Thanks to you guys. Thanks to William for sharing his Star Wars memory. You can follow Force Center at Force Center Pod. Follow me at Catnapsuck. I'm on Twitch. I'm playing Battlefront 2 and a lot of other games, including Lego Force Awakens. I never finished it. I got about halfway through. So I'm figuring I'm going to do that on Twitch. Special guests might be dropping in from time to time to help me play the game as well. Follow me at twitch.tv slash Ken Napsock. And uh, Force Center does have a Facebook page. I want you guys to like it there. Share your memories there as well. That is it. Spotlight Star Wars rolls on. Who will we say goodbye to next week? I hope I don't pull on the heartstrings too hard. That is it. We'll see you next time. May that force thing kind of sort of always remain around you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.